Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. Here on this podcast, we love getting to share stories of parents who are rising above the everyday challenges that they face as they raise their child with special needs. And this week, we have another great story to share with you. My guest today is Leslie Sanderson, and Leslie and I have been friends for several years. She and her husband, Jim, have three children. They have two adult sons and a daughter, Charlotte, who just started high school and has autism. Leslie has such a beautiful story of acceptance and finding joy on the special needs journey. You know, listening to her talk about her daughter is always such an encouragement for me, and I'm sure that it will be for you as well. So here's my conversation with my friend, Leslie Sanderson. Hey, Leslie, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So thanks for being here. Well, thanks for asking me. I'm... Well, this kind of came about because like, yeah. <laughs> I've known you. I was trying to think, how long have we known each other? I moved to Cookville in January of 2012. Okay, so two, 2012. So I don't know when you started coming to Coffee Talk, when we started hanging out. Some. I think it was the summer of okay. 2012. It was Around, pretty early. Pretty yeah. early on. And mm-hmm. so you would come to Coffee Talk and I would, with the, which was a group of moms, we get together. Uh, we still do. We started back up here recently, <laughs> but but early on there was, there was a big crew of us and we would meet for coffee yeah. and just do life, you know, just share. And it was encouraging for each other. And then we kind of took a little break, just life and then COVID and And so we've recently started back and you've been back and it's been fun getting to reconnect with you there. So it was a real lifeline for me being new to the community, being new to disabilities. It was, that group was a lifeline because I had a chance to Mm -hmm. um, learn from moms who had gone before me just navigating all the school system and all the all the overwhelming amount of information that you can get faced with yeah and I think especially so early on in those early years it's just so critical to have other people walking with you and we'd come in with all kinds of stories you know and we we were at different places you know and we still are different places on the journey and so uh that that was so much fun but yeah. This whole conversation here kind of came out of a conversation we had about a month ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We were at Coffee Talk, and honestly, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I just remember how, and when I say emotional, I don't mean that in the sense of you were upset. Um, it was yeah. like just a heartfelt moment talking yeah. about your daughter. And yeah. I was like, okay, you've gonna, you're gonna have to <laughs> because, <laughs> and I reeled you in. Yeah, I remember that. Are. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what we were even talking about? I don't remember how it came up. I really don't. I was, I had to be there so briefly because I had an appointment I was headed to, and then I haven't. I missed the last two coffee talks because I, I got a new job. But I think we were talking about. I can't remember. I honestly don't know how we got started on it, but I was I was talking to you about what a blessing Charlotte had been mm-hmm. to yeah. my spiritual growth and my life and who I was. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like a blessing at first. Yeah. But it it is. And I think that's I can't remember how we got to that subject though. I really don't. <laughs> well, I just remember thinking we've got to talk about that and we've got to, to unpack that because 
you and I both know, um, for those of us who were on this this path of mm-hmm. raising children with disabilities, that you know, it, it the days can be there. Are certain days, it's just it's hard. It is it's, so yeah, hard. It can but be you, overwhelming. Yes, yeah, so overwhelming. But there can be joy on this journey, mm-hmm. and there you is. know, our kids can teach us so so much. So that's why I wanted to have you yeah. on. And so I'm so, <laughs> I'm glad. so glad. I'm glad you agreed. So, <laughs> so you live here in Cookville. We've known each other since 2012. And yeah. who else is in your family? Tell us a little bit about, I know, but tell our listeners so, who else. <laughs> um, we moved here in 2012, and that includes uh, my husband, um, who actually moved here for his job. And then my oldest son, who's 23. He just graduated from tech, which That's has been a blessing crazy. living here. Just yeah. graduated from tech, and he's hung around to get a master's degree. So I get him for another year, and then he's going to grow wings and fly away. (laughs) And then um, my middle child is also a son. My oldest is named Jonathan. My middle uh, child is named Ted. He just graduated from high school and he is um, a freshman at Tech. And then my daughter, Charlotte, who um, is the one with autism, she just graduated from eighth grade and started high school. So last spring we had Three graduations. Oh my goodness! <laughs> we graduated from college, one from high school, one from uh, elementary school, from middle school, from middle school. So yeah. that was quite a transition. How did how did you handle all that, Mom? Did you did well, you do okay with all that? Yeah, it was great. It was well. I was just glad nothing happened on the same day. Oh, true. Um, true. I think the biggest transition for me was the fact that I had been homeschooling my boys for seven years. And then a couple of years before that. And so when the Teddy graduated from high school, um, I didn't have anyone to homeschool anymore because Charlotte is a social butterfly and has benefited greatly from our really wonderful Putnam County public school system here. Mm-hmm. I've been so grateful for it. It's yes. been such a blessing. And so she does not like homeschooling, does not want to homeschool. Mm-hmm. And so I was, uh, that, that was the biggest transition for me is mm-hmm. I wasn't homeschooling my kids anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so new season of life. Yeah. You, if you do we'll your job, about, right. You, yeah, you, you, you lose it. Yeah, <laughs> so. There you go. Well, I know you talked about Charlotte. She started high school. Yeah. And so, you know, she, your daughter, she's on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I know that that journey to getting a diagnosis is sometimes challenging, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about girls. So share with us, kind of what that journey was like, what were some of the, some of the things that you saw early on that led you to, okay, we need to go look at, look further at yeah. this? Uh, I think the first tiny inkling I had was, believe it or not, we first brought her home from the hospital. Um, she would startle. You know how your, mm. your ceiling or your walls would make a little crack mm-hmm. is from temperature changes? That would startle her. Even in her sleep, it would startle her. And I thought, mm. this is interesting. And then she started missing milestones. I think the thing that alarmed me the most was when she was, I'm guessing around 10 months old, maybe a little younger. She um, was at my feet playing and we were at a playground and these fire ants had come up under the the wood chips so you couldn't see it. Um, Mm -hmm. We lived in South Carolina at the time and I don't know if you've ever experienced fire ants, but they bite and then they sting and they're incredibly painful. And I looked down and they were crawling all over her legs 
And she wasn't screaming. She wasn't crying because I'll scream. I nearly took my pants off in public. Mm -hmm. I had a fire ant crawl up and it kept stinging me and I'm slapping my leg and I could not get it to stop stinging me. And it hurt so bad. I was like, maybe if I go around the corner, but (laughs) that level of pain and alarm. Mm -hmm. And she's sitting there and she's picking them off her very calmly and they're stinging her everywhere. She had over 45 stings. And I remember I thought, this is not right. She mm-hmm. should be screaming in pain. Mm-hmm. And she was totally calm about it. And I thought, oh, we've, I, she missed a few milestones or was late. And so it was a 10 months old that my pediatrician and I were both talking and she, she's missed enough milestones for development. We need to get her into physical therapy. And then it was speech therapy. And then it was occupational therapy. And then it was working on diagnosing. So at about two years old, we got her on a list to be evaluated for autism, but, and my pediatrician knew, she says like, Leslie, I can't tell you what this is, but I think you and I both know what it is, mm-hmm. but it took us until she was five to get her diagnosed because mm-hmm. girls, it takes longer. We moved in the middle of it. And then there is such a long wait list to get in for testing mm-hmm. because there's just such a demand for it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until she was five that she was confirmed that she had a diagnosis. It took that long. And were you guys, had you moved here at that point? We had moved here. I'm thinking back, remembering, and I think those earlier years of coffee talk when we would get together, if I'm remembering now, it's like you were trying to get a diagnosis. You were trying to find out what Mm -hmm. was going on, but you didn't have one early on. And so. No. And it, and the thing I think that gave me the most relief was um, we went ahead and uh, looked at the school system. She was almost five and I, I didn't want to send my tiny little baby to school, but I was exhausted and overwhelmed. And I thought she would really benefit from having some uh, structure and socialization. And so we tested her in and I was so relieved because our first IEP meeting, they said, what are her diagnoses? And I looked at him and I said, uh, I think it's PDD and no sensory mm-hmm. processing disorder. And she's like, are you sure that's all? And I said, I know there should be more. And they just kind of mm-hmm. wait. And I said, I think she has autism. And everyone at that table just heaved this huge sigh of relief. Oh, and they're like, oh, we do too, but we're yeah. scared to, we are not allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm so relieved that you think that. I said, I would be relieved, honestly, to have a diagnosis. Yes. So that's when we got her on the list and finally got her tested. Mm, that's that so. had that recollection as we're yeah. sitting here talking. I was like, I yeah. remember that now. Yeah. And so what you know, I kind of was walking through that with you at that time. Mm-hmm. But what did that do to your mama's heart? I, you know, I hear you say you were relieved, but then there's other other pieces that come along with that too. There's the relief, yeah. but what else? I think I had um I had tried to stay in a place of acceptance all the way through because I knew staying in a frame of acceptance was my best way to get her whatever she needed. Mm. But the the diagnosis didn't hit me because I fully expected it and Mm. I was relieved to get it. In fact, I was actually worried. I was like, what if she tests, you know, just a little high enough Mm. that she, but she tested actually on the, actually as autism at the time, the way they scored it, they said, if it was, if she got a higher score, she would have been Asperger's. But I was like, no, she's got a lot of academic struggles. Please Mm -hmm. don't do that. Mm -hmm. But it was exactly where he expected it and where I expected it. I think what finally um, really struck me was when we had her, I can't remember what grade she was in. I feel like it was fourth grade. 
because she was on the higher functioning side and she also presents really well because she's verbal and she Mm -hmm. loves people. And so, in fact, that's the one thing she scores at level is her vocabulary. Mm. And so that's been a blessing because then I can talk to her and kind of understand what's going on in the world. But it's not a conversation like with a typical kid. It's not deep. It's not abstract. And I remember at the, uh, that IEP meetings, and we all know IEP meetings, no matter how pleasant they are, can be really, really hard. And I remember that she um, had to get her um, cognitive testing uh, to get her out of TCAP. Um, and, and that one was the one where I could really see that she was never going to catch up to her peers. Mm. We always had that little window of hope. Well, maybe she's just behind. Maybe she'll catch up. And that was a part of I guess I'm not sure it was denial as much as that little tiny window of hope mm-hmm. at that meeting snapped shut mm-hmm. that we were going to have a child that would be able to have any degree of independence. And I remember I just went home and I put on some music and I just cried because mm-hmm. I was totally accepting of the autism diagnosis, but that was that little hope that, you know, she would have some level of independence. Mm-hmm. And I realized, and, and it wasn't that, I wouldn't accept her being independent. It's that I'm not going to outlive her. Mm -hmm. And so that every mother, I think every parent is like, if your child's not going to be independent, you wonder what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But God is so good and gracious and, you know, really spoke to me. And he was like, you know, I'm not going to leave you. And the very next day, (laughs) see, this will make me tear up when I tell this story. The very next day I was in Sam's club and there was this lady who came by and she was in a scooter (laughs) and she works with adults with disabilities. And she stopped and talked to me. And I don't think she realized at first that my child had, you know, autism and she was just really friendly. And she had with her uh, a woman who was probably in her forties. And this woman on the weekends took her home with her. And she says, oh, we take her on vacation with us. We take her home with us. Her parents aren't in good health. And this this woman is, you know, clearly struggling with her own health. Mm-hmm. And I just, I needed to see that, that the world has people in it mm-hmm. that will care for our disabled children. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was exactly, it was like healing to my soul. And I never, I didn't share that with her because I, she didn't know what my world world was like, but just seeing this person so gracious and so loving and just like, oh, we always take her on our vacations. And I was thinking, I don't take my work on my vacations Mm -hmm. with me, but I just saw that. And I thought there are people in this world that if I'm gone, will still love my daughter. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was that message that I needed. So I think that's what really hit me was when we had absolutely closed all the avenues of her Mm -hmm. ever catching up to her peers. Yeah. She just was falling further and further and further behind. And she's in high school now. And so how does autism impact her day-to-day life? What does her day-to-day life look like? Well, she's in a special ed classroom and um, she goes out for, uh, I guess they used to call it Encore, they don't call it now, but she goes out for two classes and the rest of her classes are self-contained. Um, and then she So I don't know how to say how does it it impacts every part of her life, her ability to relate to others, her ability to learn, uh, her her ability to communicate is Mm -hmm. is, even though she's talks well, her understanding of nonverbal communication, just school is Mm -hmm. it's she works very hard as a student, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's uh, it it impacts everything. So, yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of times you know, she's verbal and, and people yeah. would look at her and not realize a lot of times, you mm-hmm. know, like that she has autism. 
So has that come into play any time where you run into a situation where people didn't know and (laughs) maybe there was an issue because of that? Well, I try to, it's easy to remember the negative interactions. So Mm -hmm. I try to cling to the positive Mm -hmm. ones. Smart. And, you know, there's been times she, you know, there's certain stores that she can hear the lights and they drive her crazy Mm -hmm. and then she'll have a meltdown. It took me a while to figure that out because she wasn't really able to communicate what she was upset about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sometimes people can be unkind and I usually ignore it unless I feel like it's affecting her and then I'll address it or just move out of the situation. But I really cling to the positive ones because I have had people seek me out and say, you know, she's, she's what a beautiful girl, what a sweet, friendly child, or Mm -hmm. she's, you know, and they, I can tell the people that are being supportive. So I really try to cling to those positive Mm -hmm. interactions because they're there, you know, there's negative ones too, but Mm -hmm. I just try to remove myself from that situation and realize there's a lot of people, they, they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and we all were in that place where we didn't yeah, know before exactly. we were thrown into this life. So. We did not choose this club. No, <laughs> I know not. people who did, and I yeah. just admire them so much. Yes. So. Well, so you've got two boys graduated from high school. One just graduated from college. Yeah. And I, you know, I know from early on, just hearing about the interaction between your boys and Charlotte. Yeah. And I always just found it so sweet and so yeah. encouraging. So. I would love for you to share a little bit about how her brothers relate to her and how they have adapted and accepted over this journey over all these years. Well, I think it's partly due to the fact that we, even before she was born, we tried to make sure they had alone time with each parent. And so we called them mommy dates or daddy dates, and they would get their parent all to themselves for an evening and they get to do whatever they want, you know, within reason. But, um, and so we continued that tradition after she was born because there were times that she got far more attention than they did. Mm -hmm. And we were just honest about it. Um, You know, I remember one time one of the boys said to me, you know, she takes up so much time and attention and we don't get as much. And I said, you're right. And it's not fair. And I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. I said, but if I have to drop what I'm doing, because she was an eloper, she would take off at the tiniest, just it, it, a butterfly she'd follow. Mm-hmm. I said, there's times I have to drop what I'm doing to keep her alive and in the house. And I said, it's not fair. And I know it's not fair. And I'm sorry. I said, but we live in a broken world where things are not perfect. And so we tried to keep up um, spending time with them. So they had alone time and just be mm-hmm. honest about it. And they, I think that, you know, God gave us the patience and the wisdom and gave them the patience and the wisdom Mm -hmm. to realize that it's not going to be ideal, but Mm -hmm. they've been, you know, they get impatient with her sometimes, but all siblings do. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, they're very, they're very protective of her. um, And they they each have their own way of relating to her. Uh, The older one is maybe a little more parental because they're seven years apart. And the younger one, he's four years older than her. And so he's more playful, Mm -hmm. but he's, he likes to teach her how to do things. And they taught her how to ride her bike. I, I didn't teach her how to ride her bike. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Big brothers did. Mm -hmm. So they've just really embraced, um, just she's their sister before she's anything else. Mm. And they've just showed uh, a maturity and a kindness and a patience that I just am very deeply grateful for. What a gift, you know? Yeah, it is. That's not always the case. And so, you know, what a gift that they have embraced this life and and 
and have helped, you know, that's just helped you. It's helped the whole family yeah. along, yeah. You know, along the way. Well, I know you shared a little bit about how you view yourself um, kind of as her coach. What does that look like? What do you mean by that? That you, you're kind of the coach for Charlotte's team. Well, it was a way for me to reframe relationships and manage my expectations. Mm. And what I mean by that is there are people who are in, who take care of Charlotte, whether they're teachers or doctors or therapists, um, anyone that works with her, I I consider being a member of her team. Mm -hmm. And I'm the coach and my job is to be positive, to be appreciative, to make sure they're happy to see me coming because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're doing a hard job too. And most of them are are volunteered for that. They've Mm -hmm. chosen to work in that field. And so, you know, I consider it's my job to make sure we're communicating well, that all for Charlotte, this is all for Charlotte. It's not about me. And sometimes I've talked to parents, you know, there may be somebody on on your kid's team that you may not like that much, mm-hmm. but don't assess the relationship based on what you think of them. It's what your kid experiences. Yeah. So if your child is benefiting and growing from them, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, once in a while, there's somebody uh, on their team that they need to be talked to. You may need to watch. Um, and you, it's all about your kid. Mm-hmm. And be as positive as possible in your interactions, you know, communicate. Um, but there may be somebody there who isn't treating them well. And, and you do have to take steps to deal mm-hmm. with that. But also, I remind myself, there's people who aren't on our team. There's people who were my friends before I had a special needs child who haven't been able to, aren't ever comfortable with it or haven't embraced it. And I have decided they're not on her team, but they're still my friends. Mm-hmm. And there's still people I can go I can go do something fun with, mm-hmm. step out of the disab- disabilities world and and be part of them. But to, it helps me not to be hurt or upset when there's people who I genuinely care about and I co- you know, care about me that really aren't ever able to enter into that disabilities mm-hmm. world with yeah. me, but I don't want to lose contact with them. Right. So I just always think, are they on her team? Mm-hmm. Or if they're not on her team, that's okay. Yeah. So it's just a way for me to just manage my expectations mm-hmm. and try to always do what's best for her. Smart, smart, smart move. That That's uh, great wisdom there. And I love what you were saying about, you know, it, it may not necessarily be that you're connecting with the teacher or mm-hmm. with, an, you know, someone working with your child. But if your child is and they're making improvements and right. doing well, that's what is important. Um, yeah. So now I know that you have, you know, you, you were the home, you homeschooled your boys. Yeah. They've all graduated now. Yeah. So you've had a big shift. I mean, just in the last couple of, of like a month, I guess now. Yeah. You are, you're working now. And so yeah. how's that going? And then how, <laughs> how, you know, how's that? How are you balancing everything now with all the new oh. responsibilities and everything? Well, the best laid plans. I was really excited because I got a closet cleaned out. I'm like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to get my closets cleaned out. I'm going to get rid of all this, you know, how we accumulate stuff over the years. Mm -hmm. And I also put some feelers out for a job and thought, ah, it'll be months. And I got it uh, a job immediately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, well, I got one closet decluttered. There you go. (laughs) So, but it's really a blessing. It has been such a blessing because um, the amount of time I probably spent homeschooling is Mm -hmm. about the same amount of time that I'm spending working, maybe a little bit more, but it's been a blessing because I could work from home. I have mostly flexible hours and I really enjoy it. And the family's been really supportive. I mean, we've had to communicate 
um, change, kind of ch change some duties and roles, but everybody's really worked well together and it takes a little while to iron that out. But I, I, I've been really proud of my boys and my husband, I have to mention him here. <laughs> he is so, he has been all in with mm. Charlotte. He has always been yeah. just, um, just never leaves stuff to me. He's, he steps in, especially in those early years when it was really hard. So yeah, I, I don't think anything would be going nearly smoothly if I didn't mm -hmm. have a husband who was yeah. just calm and patient and a hundred percent on board. So yeah, it's, it's gone well. I mean, it's uh, any new job is stressful, but it is as small a stress mm -hmm. as it could be because the family's been really supportive. Well, that, that helps 1000%, right? there exactly. To have them all on the team. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked as we started this conversation about how this whole conversation came about. And that was you talking about how, you know, having a child with a disability, you know, you, you, you went, we often, you know, we think how in the, how in the world can this be our life? How in the world mm -hmm. can this be good? Mm -hmm. But I think you and I both come to this place of going, oh, what? I mean, like, yeah, I'm so grateful. Yeah, I'm so grateful for this journey. And so how has this impacted you on your faith journey? And, and how has having Charlotte with her unique needs helped you grow in your faith? Well, I had, you know, Charlotte, of course, we all think our children are beautiful. I had this beautiful baby with these big blue eyes and blonde hair. And she was just so cuddly. Everybody wanted to hold her at church. And I remember a friend of mine was, I think, holding her. And this is when we were starting to get her diagnosed. And we were noticing, you know, she didn't walk till she was 23 months. And so people knew there was something up. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's just one of these beautiful Christian people who just loves the Lord. And she was like, Leslie, I have a friend of mine. They had moved here from another state. She says, I have a friend of mine who has an adult son with disabilities. And she said, he is my blessing. And she mm -hmm. goes, someday you're going to say he's my blessing. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that took a long time. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen overnight. I mean, it, I trusted Jesus through it. But those times when she was waking five, eight times a night, I was exhausted. All I, I felt like all I did was run after her because she would mm -hmm. just take off. And it was hard. We didn't have a lot of help. We were tired. We didn't know. Was, we knew what was going on, but we couldn't really get services and get a diagnosis. And it was exhausting and difficult. And Jesus was with me the whole way. Mm. I mean, he was always there. Even if you didn't know it, he's working on our behalf. I mean, he brought us here and I didn't realize that, you know, it gave us opportunities for our boys to have an affordable college experience. Um, it has a wonderful school system. We had Rising Above Ministries here mm -hmm. to support me mm -hmm. in this new life I was in. And so, you know, God was always working in the background, of, even when you couldn't see it. He was mm -hmm. working to, to support us, to um, put the right people in our lives at the right time, take us to the right places, even when he didn't know it. And when we moved here, we thought we moved here for a job. And now mm -hmm. we look back on it. We're like, God knew all of the needs that we didn't mm -hmm. know we had. And he yeah. met them long before we knew what, mm. uh, you know, what we needed, God already did. And so he was, he was with us. But more than that, for the, me, the blessing of having Charlotte is I had these two, you know, perfect boys. They did good in school. They were well-behaved in public. They didn't give me any trouble, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. they, and, you know, I looked like this perfect mom. And then I have this child that lays down on the floor and screams and Kroger. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so you have that, you have that experience and you start being more empathetic and understanding when mm, people's lives aren't yes. perfect, that yeah. sometimes you get handed a really difficult deck of cards. And I just, it gave me this humility and this 
absolute dependence and trust in Jesus that I did not have before. I've always had a relationship with Jesus, but I did not know how hard you can lean on him and he just mm-hmm. won't collapse. He will always mm-hmm. hold you up. Beautiful. Always. Ah, that's so true. And that's yeah. the blessing. That is <laughs> the blessing. Less trust in me every day and more trust in him every day. Uh-huh. And that's the blessing. It really is. Because James talks about, you know, rejoice when you encounter hardships. And that mm-hmm. is not a fun text to read when you're in the mm-hmm. middle of them. But when you get through them and you have that season where things get easier, you can look back and go, wow, I would never have known this about Jesus if I hadn't mm-hmm. gone through this yes. this this time. Yes. And it, it, like you said, it is a process to get to this place. You know, there are probably some people who are listening, some parents who are like, yeah, you know, they've just gotten a diagnosis and yep. they've been up all night, all those places where we both have been on this yeah. journey. Yeah. Um, but, but there will, you know, if you, if you allow God to work in your heart through this, you can mm-hmm. get to that place of where we yeah. can look at this and go, no, this is the biggest blessing that has yeah. ever come my way. And, uh, you know, so when you look at Charlotte now, what are some things about her that maybe nobody else can see in her, but that you absolutely cherish about how God created her? Oh, she loves people, Mm -hmm. loves people genuinely. And she is very empathetic and just thoughtful and um, just just, I just love how much she loves people. And she's, you can tell people know she loves them. And mm-hmm. so it, it, it changes their response to her because of how, how loving and happy she is. Um, there was a, a teacher at the high school who found out that Charlotte is obsessed with cars and found out she likes Corvettes. So they arranged for um, her husband to bring a Corvette to take her for a ride just on the how campus. Fun. Oh, when they came, she didn't know we kept it a secret. And when they came, um, there were three Corvettes. He'd gotten some friends. Oh, my And goodness. so these three Corvettes come in, you know, revving their engines. And she said, Mommy, I was speechless. And for her to say that, it's a big deal because nothing makes her speechless. So she got a ride in each one. And she was just, oh, she was overjoyed. But she, I'm just, she just has this gift for connecting to people. And, you know, people, we've got so many good and kind people out there that respond to that. And so, yeah, she just, she just has a gift for just genuinely loving people. And and they love her back or they wouldn't bring three Corvettes. I know. You know what I'm saying? And I was so grateful for what a, an environment that she's in that, mm-hmm. you know, people do that because nobody had to do that. That wasn't part of anybody's job description. They just did that to bring her joy. And it sure did. It really oh, did. She was that is so sweet. over the moon. <laughs> and so, you know, our kids are our best teachers. What has she taught you over, oh. over this life that you she's been part of your family? What has she taught me? Um, it's not about me. It really isn't because it makes you be, not makes you, I'm sure there's some people who go that experience without becoming more selfless. But when you have Jesus Mm -hmm. into the mix, um, you realize that we're, we're placed here to serve and to love. And then when you have a child who can't give back in the ways that you expect Mm -hmm. in, you get surprised by them, but it also changes who you are. Mm -hmm. I think she's taught me to, to be more humble um, and more gentle with other people's mm-hmm. apparent faults because I know what it's like to be just beyond exhausted mm-hmm. and pressed in every direction. And so when you see someone who may not be acting the way you think they should or 
achieving the success you think they should. You never know what their story is. And mm-hmm. it gives you more compassion to not, we never know what's happening in mm-hmm. someone's life. So true. So true. And, you know, when you look, she's high school now, she's, she'll be graduating in a few years. What are your hopes and dreams for her for the future? <laughs> I want her to be loved and to be safe and to be, uh, to be, be the maximum of what God made her to be. I want her to to blossom in her space and be all the things that I can't imagine she's going to be able to do. Um, I, that, those are my goals is happiness, quality of life, and just for her to, to be secure and loved enough that she will just grow into who she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is our year of restoration at Rising Above. And so we've yeah. been asking all of our podcast guests what are some things that you are doing that is allowing God to bring restoration into your life? Mm. Uh, I think I have to say trust and, and patience. And I, and I don't mean just like the opposite of impatience, but the patience of realizing that restoration doesn't happen all at once. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time. And there's some things that won't be restored this side of heaven. Mm. And we wait in hope mm-hmm. for that to happen. Yes. I think that's a really good question is that that restoration is such a process mm-hmm. and we don't know what it's going to look like, mm-hmm. but that's I what he's it. doing. <laughs> he is. And I, again, you know, it's that hope of the, the true restoration that mm-hmm. is coming. But um, in the meantime, you know, we have this gift of Christ in our lives now and he is, mm-hmm. he can transform our characters now. There's mm-hmm. lots of things we have to wait for, for the hereafter, but mm-hmm. there's things that we can have now. And that is the joy of his presence and the promise that every day he's making us more like him Mm -hmm. if we'll allow him to. And that's, you know, and I, that's why my daughter's part of it is that increasing my dependency on Jesus is Mm -hmm. such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Well, Leslie, I have so loved this conversation with you and getting to hear more of your story and just how encouraging uh, you are and, and just uh, what a sweet, sweet daughter you have. And just, I know that she is, even with the challenges and things that we face, she is a joy in your life. And so yeah. thank you for, for yes. being here today and sharing some of your story with us. Well, thank you so much for your ministry. I think so many of the people I know here in town, I connected through that ministry. Mm-hmm. And so many of the resources that I've been able to use was because of you mm-hmm. or the women I met or it's just been such a blessing to the community. And I really am grateful for what you started. I don't know how many years ago. 17 years ago. Can you believe that? 17 years. Yeah. It's been such a gift. It, ha- it has been a gift for, for the rest of us too. Well, so. And for me too. So thank you. Well, thanks again. And I'll see you at Coffee Talk next week. That's right. I'll be there. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Leslie. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.